This is Tuned Into the Land, the California Rangeland Trust podcast. Here, we will dig into a variety of topics with the partners, conservationists, and ranchers who demonstrate every day, through their words and actions, the importance of conserving California's working lands. Tune in each month to learn more about our mission and how you can get involved in preserving the future of the Golden State for generations to come. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Tuned Into the Land. I'm Michael Delbar, the CEO of the California Rangeland Trust. Since 1998, the California Rangeland Trust has served California's ranchers by conserving rangeland. Today, we have worked with 84 different ranching families to conserve over 377,000 acres, making us the largest statewide land trust in California. Our landowner partners are truly the salt of the earth. They dedicate their lives to ensuring that the land and the environment are taken care of and that we have quality food to consume. They are constantly looking for new and innovative ways to care for their land to ensure the long-term productivity of the land for future generations. Today, we have the opportunity to be out here on the beautiful Sardella Ranch in Tuolumne County with our landowner partners and supporters, Michael and Julie Sardella. The ranch is hosting a two-day prescribed burning and training with CAL FIRE. So we are out here seeing the burn in action and connecting with our friends, Emily Kilgore and Chief Whitson, whom you may remember you listened to in season two, episode five of our podcast. So with that, it's my pleasure to welcome the Sardellas to the podcast. Well, thank you guys for being here today, Mike. We appreciate having you guys here and representing the Rangeland Trust. And we've already had some fun being out talking to the guys on the on the prescribed burn. And uh, we're really looking forward to just to doing this little deal. And uh, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for allowing us to be here. And thank you for protecting the ranch with us. So speaking of the ranch, give us a little bit of the history about the Sardella Ranch, how you got into the ranching business. Well, <clears throat> getting into the ranching business, uh, my dad was born in Pentrimoli, Italy in 1909. And the family immigrated here in 19, about 1912 or so. And this was very similar to the property in uh, Italy that they have. They left for because of confront, you know, confronting political views and things like that. Anyway, my grandparents started a little ranching uh, uh, program on uh, Limekiln Road, just south of Sonora. And then the boys, all grew, there were nine in the family, and all the boys ended up being working for local cattle ranchers uh, uh, that were pretty predominant in the area at the time. And they all learned the trade and uh, either horses or cows. And uh, that's mostly where it went. They worked in the mountains. They worked around town. And then uh, my dad leased property all around Sonora because they, they were young. And then, of course, World War II came along. And uh, he had all these ranches rented. And he had a friend of his take care of uh, Joe Martin Sr. took care of his cattle for him. Well, uh, he was married to my mother at the time. And when he got back from uh, World War II, when the war ended, my dad went to work for the Tuolumne County Sheriff's Department as, in a, as a career job. And he later made, he was sheriff for 16 years later on. But while we're doing that, it was a part-time endeavor with all these rental ranches. And in 1950, he rented this property for several years before he bought it. And the ranch came up for sale and the family wanted to sell it. So my mom and dad bought it. And that was 1957. 
And uh, of course, I was four years old at the time, but I would spend a lot of time coming out, helping my dad with the cows. We had guys to help us. And uh, uh, my aunt and uncle lived in this house and they took care of, he took care of the cattle for my dad pretty much then. But we always did the trade labor type thing. And we would all help each other with the cattle. And uh, <clears throat> as I got older, I got more and more interested in it. And about high school time is when I started taking over the, the cattle business for my dad. And that went on for a few years. And then when Julie came on board, we still had cows and calves. And we had a, a small clover ranch in Oakdale, which I have since then sold that. And then after retiring from the county and then Julie retired, we decided to lease everything out. And we got the, we had uh, a, uh, oh, wait a minute. We were leased out at the time. We leased mm -hmm. out to a, a purebred Angus outfit, John Velstrom and Dale Jackson. And then we started a horse retirement ranch which only lasted a few years because it was a complete pain in the neck. But uh, then we leased out to Jesse Rydell, who has the ranch here now. And these are the cattle you see back and forth today. And uh, we've been very fortunate to have him because he runs cattle exactly the same way that I, that Julie and I used to. And we're very comfortable. We've had him for how long? Uh, about 17 years. Yeah, about 17 years now. And uh, he runs the ranch exactly the way we do. He never overfeeds us. You know what I mean? And he's, he had a, a clover ranch in the, in the Delta that had been utilized for other purposes. So now he has uh, mountain allotments. So the cattle from here go to the mountains. And uh, we're very happy with that. And uh, being retired, we still get to ride the horses through the cattle, but we can just get on the phone and call them if there's any kind of a problem. So we're, we're real happy with that. And the history of the ranch, uh, this goes way back to um, the 1800s. That church that we were at today, that was built in 1880. So this house was probably built in 1890, 1900. And that's when it was, it's been a, a grain ranch, a hog ranch, a dairy, and then finally a cattle ranch. And uh, we're very comfortable here. We feel very fortunate just to be able to get up in the morning and live here most of the time. Well, it's a beautiful place. I imagine there's probably a, a spot on here that's your most favorite place to go. What is, what is that? Needle Point, Needle Point Hill. The Needle Point Hill. Mm -hmm. All right, where we were at today, Coming into that, that where, where Calfi had burned before, up on that bank, when Julie and I first hooked up, we were, both of us, I asked her out on a date, asked her for dinner, and she didn't want to go. But then she said, well, you have property, right? And I said, yeah. So she goes, you come pick me up and pick my horse up, and then I'll come out and we'll have a date, which we did. April 4th, 1990. Yeah, she's got the date. And uh, we were riding up on top of that. Coming down that hill, I was showing her the ranch, and she said, I said, well, what do you do? You know, she said, well, I needlepoint. And I went, oh, man, this girl's a businesswoman. She can ride a horse. <laughs> She's a roper, and she does needlepoint. And to this day, we that's we just hit it right off, right off the bat. But to this day, we call that needlepoint hill. And I think that's probably my favorite place on the whole mm -hmm. ranch. And it, from there, you can see back look and see the whole ranch from there, too. I can see why that's a special spot. So my father's family, my father grew up here in Sonora. My, I still have family here. 
And as a kid coming up here, seeing my grandparents and Highway 108, which is not far from you here, this was always just open ground ranch land when I was little. And now I'll come up here and and now I got to get Google Maps and find my way around right. and all the roads and the development. You're so close to all that, but you made the decision to permanently protect the Sardella Ranch. So that's not going to be another subdivision. It's not going to be another strip mall. Why did you make that decision? I think that I can answer that one. Yeah. Um, his mother passed away in 1997. And when we went to do the taxes, I get real emotional <laughs> over this one. I'm not an emotional girl. Plus, I didn't tell him I didn't cook on that on that first date either. Yeah, and I've been cooking ever since. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we met with the CPA. And we were, you know, figuring out everything. It was a probate, so it cost us quite a bit. It was a real struggle. And I said, he goes, you know, I really admire you for what you're doing. And I said, well, it got given to us. We didn't do anything. And he goes, most people would have sold it. Most people would have just taken the money and ran. So that that started the seed of the uh, the easement. So we started looking into, um, we went to a seminar like the, mm-hmm. in, Sacramento. in Sacramento. Don't remember who put it on. That was in, I think that was in um, 2000s, early 2000. And um, started just researching what we could do to preserve the ranch, because I always joke that his parents ate a lot of beans to be able to to get this place. And um, we wanted to honor that. And then it developed into honoring the land. Um, And so we looked at a lot of different um, conservation um, 501s, uh, talked to about five or six of them and kept on coming full circle back to Rangeland Trust, always brought us back to Rangeland Trust. So um, we even got to the point, this took us, it took us over 11 years mm-hmm. of research and pushing to, to, to gain, find, get the easement, which we feel very blessed that we got. And at one point we were meeting with our attorney and we told him our intentions. And two things that he said to us was, make sure that you get with something, somebody solid and he said, and, and he's a rancher also. He said, I, I really advise you just to focus on Rangeland Trust. So Andy Mills probably got tired of hearing from me every Monday. <laughs> and um, then he then we came up with the idea, if, if we're in the process of wanting to do it, could we put it in our will? That that's how serious we are. That if we're in the process, that it, get, it gets completed. And that didn't work because of the enormous amount of money it would have cost to be able yeah. to do that. Um, but it showed our uh, pure intent of protecting the property more than anything else. And um, so we uh, uh, just kept on plugging along and bugging bugging people and taking pictures and just putting it out there. And st- I think we stayed visible with you. You know, it's just these people are serious and we're small. We're small property, as we know, it, to be uh, um, to have the easement. But um uh, when when the money did come available or the the support came available, Meredith and and um, Andy and um, Marshall Marshall um, put it through ten years ago. We secured the easement, and since that day, we ride about three or four days a week. I married him for the ranch. He's just a nice guy that came with it. And he cooks. And um, uh, we still sometimes stop and look around and say, "It's gonna stay this way." 
Oh, it's been the biggest. Getting the easement secured was probably the biggest accomplishment accomplishment of our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's our legacy that we can pass it, you know, pass this on without having it being subdivided or it's there's no there's no property left. Well, you know, upstate, it's, it's, it's like this everywhere now. And just coming up right up just up the street from us, that was the prettiest steer ranch you ever saw in your life. Now it's just all how it was sold originally in hundred acre lots. Now they're five acre lots. But uh, but no, we're very happy. It was really funny. Uh, we did bug poor Andy. We bugged him to death, and but he did tell me he goes, "Don't just just hold on for a little while. Don't you know? Don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give, do anything rash." And then finally, uh, Mer- uh, Meredith Cooperman and uh, Marshall Cook called us and said, "Hey, you've been secured." And it was through the Fish and Wildlife and and all that. So we're just we're we're very happy that we got it. Well, we're grateful to have your partnership and you, your dedication to this land and the work that you've been doing on it to conserve it, to do other projects. You were recognized as being a finalist this last year in the Leopold Conservation Award. That is a great achievement. Oh, we were. Yeah. We <laughs> what, were that, what did that mean to you? Oh, it's just to be just recognized, uh, to be, you know, put in the. Being two families in California with the Berettas and and we and our and and us, uh, I'm incredibly honored just to be um, uh, recognized. And uh, I think uh, I think Doug Beretta said it the best when we were at the award ceremony. He said that it's really nice to be recognized for doing something that you've done all your life. Mm-hmm. You know. And it made a, it's a, we're going to reapply again this year. And uh, it was, it was an experience for us to put everything together. Now we have a complete history of the ranch. Uh, we have great help to put it, put it all together. And uh, it's a great feeling to see that reaction to people like at dinner or at the programs at the, at the Farm Bureau for the Leopold Award how much pe- how people are just passionate about it and we we feel honored to be recognized as being in that same pos- you know position yeah. i think it, basically the, the first thing it told us that what we're doing is the right thing we're on the right track we're doing it we're going we're down doing the path right. that we want to go down we're doing what aldo saw we're looking in the future we're looking in the future well that that recognition is is so well deserved thank you so we look forward to, to seeing where this takes you in the this next year. round. Yes. <laughs> so in 2013, a wildfire came through the back end of the property, and, and that led to Cal Fire staging on the ranch to fight the flames. Take us through how you were feeling when you saw those flames hit the ranch. Well, initially it was a shock because we do have, a, you know, these old houses and these old barns are not going to stand up to any kind of fire whatsoever. And then we have a rental house in the in the back part of the ranch where the fire was heading towards, and some other family members that the fire had already gone through their property. Uh, it's very scary, especially uh, with the dry feed and the brushy area that it came through. It was incredible, and the fire was hot, and it was moving really fast. And uh, Cal Fire was on this thing just immediately. And they were here. They were they were staged here for over a week. Yeah, they staged at the rental house. Mm-hmm. They went right through here. 
and and staged right at the rental house. So we knew mm-hmm. that was that was protect, protected, not the, the structure, not the the, mm-hmm. the feed. But and, the yeah, the smoke yeah. and the ash and everything that came mm-hmm. over this house was, yeah, you know, I mean, it was scary. We prepared to evacuate. Yeah, and we have we have a pretty pretty stringent evacuation plan, but it was like a fire drill. And I did learn that I had all the animals meds packed, but not his. Shows <laughs> <laughs> you how important I am. <laughs> yeah, but it was, uh, but it, it was, it was very scary. It was very, but scary. it was comforting with the response time yeah. and the reaction and the way it was handled. Oh, well, these guys were yeah, on they, it. They were here and, uh, for almost two two weeks. The hose lines. The horses wouldn't cross them. I'm not going to do that. But they, <laughs> they left the yeah. hose lines. The guys here, mm-hmm. and when they were done, there wasn't a gum wrapper or a bottle of water anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then, as far as the feelings go, as far I was concerned about our neighbors too because they were getting burned up before it was even on our property. But uh, what led to the whole thing was uh, I had written. The, we were so impressed with what Cal Fire did and how they handled it. And then in the old days, when the fire guys went through your place, they tore up everything. They ran over the fences. You know what I mean? These guys made one road in and one road out. And uh, they were aware of the ranching community, which is really big. Because, you know, you can't afford to have all, if whatever doesn't get burnt, it's going to get smashed. Your fences are down and all that. Never did. It was perfect. So I wrote a letter to the editor and uh, thank the Cal Fire guys. And I told them they did too good of a job because it would have been nice if the fire would have kept going a little bit <laughs> now that I know what I know. But uh, Jeff Sanders was the, one of the fire chiefs at the time. And he came driving by the church. I was building fence out by the church. And he goes, hey, Mike. He goes, thanks for writing the letter. And I said, and, uh, he, and I said hey, no problem. You guys did a great job. He goes, what else can we do for you? And I hollered at him, burn it again. <laughs> And that's what led to what they're doing today out there. And it was, it's been a great relationship with Cal Fire ever mm-hmm. since. It took a lot of work that we had a lot of paperwork, a lot of paperwork to do, a lot of stuff to do. Well, California, mm-hmm. you know, with all the CEQA things and all that. And, um, but we, they've been great. They've been really great, but it was scary when it's, when it started. And, uh, so you took a, potentially disastrous situation which any any fire like that once a wildfire is or has that potential to be even worse and turn that into a great partnership oh it's those guys are great well you know how you know just being around those guys you saw them today they're just great guys and most of them are pretty much local guys but i think what the big difference is now too is i think they're a lot more uh aware of wildlife habitat Grazing programs, um, and just like with the dozer and the hand lines, they're even mindful about where they go with the dozer in that, and they try to do the most le- minimal amount of damage with the most uh, amount of fire protection or you know submission or suppression. Suppression. Okay, there you go, Maddie. You can edit that. <laughs> so we, now that you've you've been doing these control burns for how many years now? Seven years. Yeah, it's seven years. Seven or eight. Yeah, because yeah. we started uh, the year that fire went through here was the year we got the easement. It was two months before. 
Right. And I had, I called Marshall and said, Hey, half the ranch is burned up. Are we still good? You know, (laughs) he goes, Oh yeah, that's no big problem. But uh, yeah, it's been about seven years now. And Mm -hmm. we started, uh, started with the inmates and then the fire crews. And uh, we started in that area, Needlepoint Hill area where you saw, that's where we first started. And then uh, the fire guys got looking at that back piece when it was all intact and it was all brushed and said, we're going to make this field look like that field. And that's when it started. And back there, the only thing that slowed us way down was COVID and the massive fires up north. And then so we lost a little bit of time and now they're making up for it by uh, by burning that out. One of, one of the benefits of it is when we first started, the neighbors kind of backed off and put, you know, put the armor on and said, wait a minute, you know, because there is a risk. Now they are saying, can they come over to our place mm-hmm. and do it? It's no different than the easement when the we easement, first. Same thing. When we did the easement, a lot of people had that conception of now you lost control of your property. You, you can't, you don't have any say so, you have no control, you basically sold it. And when they do ask us, well, what, how, how is it tailored? And especially at the Cattlemen's Association working with Rangeland Trust, it, you know, it's nice to know that all the easement agreements are tailored to the ranch. It's not a, a cookie cutter, cookie cutter agreement. And so because of that, people have asked us, you know, is it something that you think we should do? Well, that's a personal thing, but we do have a, mm-hmm. a neighboring ranch that right now is in in discussion with um, Rangeland Trust to, to get the easement where we were the very first pioneered in, in the county. So, you know, doing those things and, do, and Mike with the Cal Fire has done a lot of public service. Yes. Well, the easement, it's not a Rangeland Trust easement. It's a Mike and Julie Sardella easement. Oh, true. You know, it's it, the easement has to work for you, the landowner. It's and great. it's a partnership. And it's that partnership that it's a perpetual one. So we make sure that what is what works for you is what is in that final project. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for us. Going back to the burning for a moment, besides the fuel reduction and, and, and grass, adding more grass capacity, what other benefits are you seeing from, from the, doing these prescribed burns? Well, I think a lot of it is today, uh, even just with tomorrow having Cal Fire work with the, our local, our new prescribed burn association, Mother Load Prescribed Burn Association, that's opening up a whole new door for the PBA and for Cal Fire. And actually for us too, it, I think it's a big benefit with getting the word out that we need to get these ranches under control is even, even though it's not public property, that to keep the fire away from the public areas, it helps them have a suppression area. But uh, gosh, we have had so much improvement in light in the wildlife. Uh, we are gaining, of course, like you said, we are gaining some with the, uh, you know, the, the grazing part of it, but, uh, ranch improvement and, uh, neighbor, the, our neighborly improvement and getting the word out to other people. Uh, it even helps us with the con- getting the conservation word out there because people, first thing people ask us is what, what's the conservation easement all about? Educate people on that, educate people that fire is not you know, only you can prevent forest fires. We need to get this large areas of property cleaned up and get the underbrush out from it. 
And fire is probably the best way to do it as far as uh, the economics of it. And the, the return on the natural grasses, not so much the um, invasive species, but the return of the natural California grasses. And I, John said it today. I think it was John that said it. He said that California is meant to burn. So we have to keep it suppressed and burn it at a, at a low rate. But uh, I have had nothing but, uh, seen nothing but improvement since we started burning that, burning that property off. Just uh, there's benefits, all types of benefits, wildlife, grazing, fire prevention. It opened up a lot of, a lot of room for the cattle to graze. We saw parts, we now see parts of the ranch that we hadn't seen before because it was so. I couldn't even, <laughs> couldn't even walk through there. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the Motherlode Prescribed Burn Association. You were instrumental in getting that up and running. Well, actually, I, I do serve on the conservation board, local conservation board. But um, I wasn't so in, uh, involved in getting it started as I was uh, available to be in the bottom part of this. When they first started it at Columbia College, um, I was present. So I was, don't really have a, a – I'm not a beginner in it just trying to help get it off its feet, you know, and get, get rolling. And, uh, it's a really neat deal. I just think that we need at this point to bring some more larger property owners into it. That's what this is all about tomorrow. And today is to get these people to where we can prescribe burn bigger areas, not just lots and piles, but some acreage. So, why do you think it's important to educate people on the importance of prescribed burning? Uh, I think they have a misconception, almost like people have a misconception of the easement properties. Uh, people are deathly afraid of the fire, which they should be. But is used as a tool, I think we can educate people that this is how we can keep these big problems like paradise and things down if we get some area cleaned up and burned off. It's a it's a win win for everybody, and just even the people that live between here and Tuolumne will be grateful if a fire comes up from the lake, and it's got they've got guys got a place where they can get in to fight it. Because boy, I'll tell you what, well you've seen it up north, same thing. The the, the understory on this brush is incredible, and you can't stop anything once it gets going in that. You have to get rid of that understory, and then slowly burn the grass underneath it every every once in a while, and then we'll be back to normal. Well, we've seen what happens when these wildfires get out of hand, even in urban areas where they've taken out yeah. shopping centers and, and commercial industrial areas that you wouldn't think would be subject to something like that. But these these wildlands that are just built up with these fuels that, that haven't been managed just are, take all this out. How... Because of what you've seen here and the work that you've done on the ranch, why do you think it's important to continue to conserve these working ranches and open spaces? Well, a lot of that, Mike, that comes down to it's a way of life that's disappearing very quickly. Uh, a lot of families now, kids can't make it with these with the cattle and the, the cost of uh, trucking, the cost of the taxes, uh power for irrigation. All these things are harder and harder and harder. And as these properties disappear, which they are and they will, because the kids are looking at four or five million dollars instead of, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year if they're lucky. 
and working your tail off. Uh, I just like to see these properties um, held together in ranches to where we can educate the kids, we can educate the public, and keep this lifestyle going because the lifestyle is going away. I mean, it's it's almost gone. We were talking about this the other day when we're gone. If you didn't have an easement property to where a young younger fella could afford to buy it to run it or keep it in your family, it's gone. And this whole we're seeing it everywhere now. It's uh, it's really a shame. I think it's very important. Uh, now, also with the the ag tourism, people can come from all over the place, inner city, from anywhere, and see. Oh, this is really nice out here. Gosh, you've got chickens, and you you know, there's no neighbors. You know, the the geese are flying over. There's deer standing out there. there oh, there's cows. You know, no meat doesn't come from a little plastic plastic package in the grocery store. You know, it's uh, it's amazing how many folks have not had that opportunity. Oh, we thank God every day when we're yeah. sitting here. Not at their own fault. Not at their own no, fault. No, everybody just, needs just not... a place to live mm-hmm. too. But my my big problem is. It, Okay, and nothing against real estate and all that, but I mean they're making it so attractive to I want five acre piece, and just like right up the street here, you got a five acre piece with an eight foot fence all the way around it. Nothing can go through it, nothing can get out of it. And then you've got blocks and blocks and blocks of that. Well, you've got migrating deer herd. We've got you know guys that are begging for cow feed. I mean to rent property for their kids or for themselves. Um, just. It's just super important. And what you guys are doing with with the with the trust is is amazing, and goes back to what Julie was saying. Being a seed property here, we're starting now. The neighbors are doing the same thing that they are with the fire. Oh, we want to do that. Who do we call? You know, who do we talk to? You know, what do we look up? And it's happening. It's happening right now. Well, you two are to be thanked for so much mm-hmm. of this. Uh, it's it's a wonderful partnership. We're so grateful to that you chose us to permanently protect the Sardella Ranch, and uh, we truly value that partnership. It means a lot to us as well. Well, it's uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, uh, girls come up and do the the survey once a year, when <laughs> you guys never bother us, <laughs> you know? and it's really it's yeah. really nice, and it's it's fun for us to watch the trust grow. Because there's so many people now that are getting interested and, you know, and people that are working here. I mean, it's, 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 we've met new, have new friends. We have old friends and I still, uh, Marshall ever calls every once in a while, wanting a recipe for something, (laughs) you know, and, uh, we're just feel very fortunate that, uh, that you guys did this with us. Well, thank you. Us too. So it's very clear how passionate you two are of this ranch and your dedication to the land the health, and to future generations. And I can't tell you how excited we are to be celebrating your 10-year anniversary on the, with the conservation easement. Uh, it, is, it is so special. And to be out here today, just days away from that actual, that actual anniversary is really something. And the program you've created, the partnership with CAL FIRE, uh, is also something to celebrate. And we appreciate all the work you're doing on the ranch with, with that partner. So, Julie, Mike, thank you uh, for joining us today and having us out here. We appreciate that. And I know we need to get back out and see how the burn's going. But thank you both for being part of this and being part of the Rangeland Trust.
Well, having you here, Mike, and mm -hmm. uh, Madison's you. been here before, but thank you for being here. This is real important to me. It's like, to me, like walking into the office, you know, and, and just, <laughs> yeah, your doors are always open and everything. It's the same thing here. Thank you very much for, for being part of our life. Thank A you. Big, thank you. It's an honor. Well, this closes the gate on another episode of Tune Into the Land. Thanks for listening and be sure to hit that follow button so you can be notified when the next episode is released.